I want to welcome everyone to the Teach Me Acapella podcast. I am your host, Clifton Boyd, and I am just so excited, so excited uh, because I have a very, very special guest and friend uh, here with us. Uh, his name is Justin Houston. Man, how you doing, Justin? And I'm doing pretty good. I'm enjoying life and uh, enjoying the adventure that it is. That's what's up, man. Hey, how how many kids you got now? I forget. Uh, two kids. Two kids. So I got got the boy and the girl. And uh, yep. And so they're eight and ten now. So seeing them uh, move on up. We actually we just had to talk uh, today. Uh, well, actually, me and my wife, we just started talking about us, us singing as a family. So look, you're the first to hear this. Uh, wow. This just happened today. Um, but yeah, they're eight, eight and 10 now. And so it's uh, wow. enjoying that. Man, that's awesome, man. So, man, I wanted to get you on. First of all, this is the first episode of Teach Me Acapella podcast. So uh, amen to that. <laughs> I mean, amen. I, I'm, I'm, man, I'm happy. And, and, and I, I couldn't think of no one else, man. I was like, man, you know, I really want to get Justin. I wanted to get you for a few, for, for quite a few reasons, but one, uh, and a lot of people don't know this, but when I first started my, you know, recording journey, trying to understand, you know, I always sing and stuff, but, but I never got into the mixing and stuff part of it. And I wanted to get into that. That really intrigued me, you know, being able to make it sound like the way you want it to sound, you know? And, uh, you and and another brother, right. brother, uh-huh. brother Graham, uh, shout out to him. But you and him were the first people to yep. really like give me direction, I guess I should say. You know what I mean? I, I remember coming out to your house, you know, I, I hit you up and I was like, man, I, I need to know this. Like, I really want to know this stuff. I remember. And the fact that you the fact that you took your time out, though, that's that's what really I will never forget. The fact that you actually took the time out to say, okay, you know, I tell you what, let's block off some hours or whatever. You come out. I don't have anything to do that day. And let's just go through it. I mean, and you went through everything. I mean, I'm talking about like, I remember writing down all the shortcut keys that you were telling me. <laughs> you were like, all this is, and I was just, I just wrote them all down. And I'm, I remember uh, typing them up, shrinking them and putting them on uh, my laptop, like taping it to my laptop. And that's how I learned my shortcut keys, uh-huh. you know, from you. And I just, I just, I just shrunk okay. it down and taped it to my laptop. So every time I was right there in front of the computer mixing or doing anything, I would just look down and be like, oh, okay, that's how I, that's how I put that fade on. Or that's how I take that off, you know? And so, man, you, I'm just telling you that, that, that always stayed with me and it helped me understand that, you know, I need to do the same. And that's, that's kind of where teachmeacapella.com came from is that, you know, I really want to, be able to just share the knowledge that I have that I've, you know, acquired. And so I appreciate you, man. I, I wanted to tell you that personally in person. Well, one thing I appreciate is, um, well, you know, you had, you have that, that, that hunger, just even still now you still have that, you know, that same enthusiasm. And it's, it's really a lesson for, for everybody. Like that's, that's a lesson when you want something, go out and get it. And whoever has it, uh, you know, ask around. That was in, encouraging to me because, you know, there's there's something that you have and I, I may be asking you questions. Um, right, but right, just right. The, the 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 zeal to, to go after something is, uh, like I said, is, is inspiring. 
And I remember that too, because I, I had to think through, you caused me to have to think through what are all the things, you know, that are, <laughs> what all happens and what's most important. Cause right. there's a lot of stuff, but what's most right. important and how do you sequence that in a way that values the most important things that'll give, give you what you're looking for and any person, like what are those foundational things? And so I think that was, right. yeah, I, I, I remember, I remember exactly where we were. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I even moved everything out. Uh, you know, I can't remember if I moved it out of the room where, where I usually haven't just moved it out to the, the living room. I think, yeah, it was like in the yeah, living room. Yeah, I think we moved it out to the living room and, uh, and we're doing it there. So, yeah, that was cool. And I remember us doing a, 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 a like a like a shootout between mics. And I know you are like like the unofficial spokesperson, you know, for like the blue baby bottle. I remember you like saying, man, you got to get like, like you got to get the baby bottle. And I was like, what? so we did a shootout and I, and you know me, you know, I'm just starting out. So I had the, the AT 2020. And if you could see, you know, I still, I still got it, you know, the audio technica. And we did a shootout uh-huh. between the mics and you was like, wow. Like, like that mic actually sounds really good. <laughs> you was like, it sounds, it sounds really similar to the baby bottle. Uh-huh. And I was like, Yes. I was like, okay, so I'm sticking with this because this is all I can afford right now. <laughs> uh, no, I remember because, yeah, yeah, I think, um, I can't remember what I was coming from. I just remember, yeah, I got that baby bottle and it was a it was a new sound. Uh, or I was liking the yeah. frequencies that I was getting because, uh, you know, it highlights, I was highlighting some of those mid-range frequencies. And with acapella, yeah. that's, all you, that's all you got is, is your voice. And so yes. you want to get something that's kind of lining up with what you have in your voice. And that was doing it for me. So I was right. excited about it. I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, to be honest with you, I did buy the baby bottle. Mm-hmm. I've had the baby bottle about five times. <laughs> no lie. No uh-huh. lie. No lie. But I've always like take, like bought it and take, took it back, bought it and took it back. Not that I don't love it. I love the baby uh-huh. bottle. And I'm, I'm thinking about getting it again. But every time, you know, I'm really, it's hard for me to spend that type of money. <laughs> it's just hard. It's hard for me to do it. And then one time I was just like, you know, the 2020 is doing it for me. And that's the thing that I think, you know, people have to get get used to. You know, you kind of you kind of create a, a beast whenever you get gear hungry. Yeah. Um, the 2020 was doing what I needed it to do. I mean, it was doing everything that I needed it to do. It sounded great sounded great on my voice. Any client that I recorded, it sounded great on their voice. And uh, it was doing what I needed. So, and my ears had gotten used to the frequencies of that mic. Okay. So okay. when I would, when I would mix it, I knew how to get it to sound the way I wanted it to sound. Right. Right. So, you know, I was able to stick with it, but you know, the closest thing to it, like I said, if, if I ever upgrade again, you know, the baby bottle is always right there, you know, in the mix. So. Yeah, and it, I guess it, at this point, I mean, whatever mic, whatever mic is good is the mic that that's going to work. And also, yeah, cost is a factor. I mean, you could spend thousands on a mic, or if you have a hundred dollars, here's the mic you get. Like, because I remember I was teaching um, a music class at at a school, and so you know, if the if if the budget's tight, we're getting we're getting the spark. You know, that's the hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get right. the best mic I can get for right. that for that price point. And uh, yeah, if you get the best mic that you can get that is mashed up with your voice, I think that's great. Knowing your mic and like you said, the the frequencies. If you can get to know 
get to know your mic, you know how to get the, the best out of it. And for whatever, whatever your entry point is or whatever you can afford at that time, I think that's that's great. And I've always done that. Just whatever, whatever I've got, whatever I'm working with, I'm going to try to make the best of what I've got. And so right. even when I started uh, originally started recording, um, well, well, when I started recording my uh, the, the album I did many, many years ago, yeah. uh, the first one, I uh, I was in, in my apartment. I was near the outside was the pool. And, uh, you know, people be playing outside sometimes. So I recorded <laughs> the hours that were best. But I'm just dealing with, with what I've got. And I had a, had a Mac computer. But for speakers, I just had, it was just a stereo system. And so mm. I just, you know, came out of my, I think I had the inbox at that time. So I was coming out of the inbox and going into like a home stereo system for my speak, just using what I've got. Wow. And then, of course, you do the, the tried and true uh, and sometimes untrue. Uh, <laughs> listen in the car. Take you right, know, take exactly. your mix out to the car and listen. Um, right. But yeah, so whether it's mics, whether it's speakers, whether it's equipment, you know, whatever you've got, I, yeah. you know, just roll with it. Right, right. So let me let me let me take you all the way back. So La- Lansing, Michigan. Am I saying that yep. right? Lansing, Michigan. Yep. That's where that's where it all started, right? Yep, that's where I'm from. That's, That's awesome, from. man. How how was so, it? now? How long did you stay there? Because I didn't know. You know, I always thought you was a Texas guy. So, what? Yeah, see, how, I don't know. even know how I sound now. Uh, so I, I might sound like pure Texas. I have no idea, but I know they don't accept me in Michigan because I don't <laughs> sound like Michigan. I don't sound like Michigan anymore, apparently, because somebody told me. And, yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't think I sound like uh, Texas either because people yeah. here in Texas can tell. So I don't know what I am. But uh, but I was somewhere in Michigan. In yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle. But I was in in Lansing until I was 19 years old. Because when I was 19 is um, when I went to Japan uh, to uh, go. Right. Because I was in like a you know a program where you can learn uh, Japanese and study Japanese culture. And I had a job uh, at a Japanese company. And you put some of that on your first CD, right? Because I remember I think you were speaking in Japanese on there one time. I was like, wait a minute. I, I think I did. Um, I, think <laughs> I don't remember what I said. Yeah. I know I talked about Japan uh, yeah, in yeah. one of the lessons learned, you know, really just about if I had been born there, how would I have been, you know, just talking about the, you know, the idea of, a, you know, of a soul and, you know, right, and bringing up right. those ideas of how would I have been, how would I, I think. And so I wrote a song about that. But yeah, but that was when I was 19 before that. Yeah. Lansing, Michigan was where I started uh, music because uh, me and my buddy were going to be gangster rappers. Ah, I see. I see. Hey, hey, we, all of us was. All of us was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we we're we we're trying to be not just rapper, gangster. I mean, you know, nobody wanted to be called corny. So you right. and who the people making money were doing gangster rap. So, you know. So it's like, yeah, well, yeah. let's do gangster rap. But I was like, okay, I can't do this. This is not my this is not my lifestyle. I'm not being authentic. What am I what am I talking right. about here? So right, let me right, be authentic. Right. But I become so me and my me and my friend, we went and got a a karaoke machine from I think it was JC Penny. We got a karaoke machine and we would record on one tape and then you know, yes, you know, yes. Switch, go from you know go back and record onto those tapes and build up the tracks. So that was my first yeah. multi-track recording experience. Uh, was that and then he went to the pawn shop and got a little beat machine and uh, <laughs> the sounds were terrible. But hey, again, work, working right. with what we got. Right. And then uh, my. Uh, a childhood friend of me, me and my brother's friend who lived down the street, he had a, a keyboard 
it wasn't a super high quality keyboard, but I didn't have a keyboard. And so <laughs> those became the sounds that we used. And we were literally putting a microphone. Uh, what did we have for? I don't remember what we had for a microphone, but putting the microphone. No, that was the microphone that came with the karaoke machine. Came with the karaoke. Yeah, yeah. We put that microphone up to the speaker of the keyboard. And for the beat machine, I can't remember how we were doing that, but just bringing all these pieces together. <laughs> and then I started making beats. And then people would come to me for beats. Yeah. And uh, uh, but then while that was happening, I would sing. I started singing hooks for uh, me and my friends songs. And, uh, and somebody was just honest with me one day. Glad they were honest with me. They said, uh, yeah, you know, I hear you, you know, you're doing the rapping, singing, but I got to be honest with you. You're, you're singing is better than you're rapping. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, really? So, uh, so I was like, let me listen to that. And so then I, I started, uh, that's when I started focusing on the singing more because I taught myself how to play the piano. Um, so I, you know, started, because uh, my mom got an organ. She was going to teach herself how to play. And there was a book sitting there. Um, so her intention was for her to learn how to play. But I ended up sitting down and opening up the book and just doing what it said. And uh, I taught myself how to play the piano, you know, played my original songs and chords and started singing and started writing songs. Um, right. So all these things were coming together. We had the, the uh, you know, the fake gangster rapper, you know, <laughs> fused with yeah. the, the singer. Uh, yeah, yeah. So all those things were starting to come together. And uh, yeah, all this was in Lansing, Michigan. And we ended up going to, uh, and how I got into re to recording more was uh, we used to go out to, uh, East Lansing, and there was a guy who had a studio like mm -hmm. in the basement, and we wanted to do some more official recordings. And so we would pay, I think it was $15 an hour, I think, which to us was a lot because, uh, you <laughs> right. know, we're just in, we're in high school uh, at right. this point. And so, right. but I remember thinking, man, we're paying a lot of money. What if I started getting my own equipment, you know, right. and started, you right. know, really getting some official equipment? So that was kind of the, the, the seed there uh, in terms of the seeds of, of, of music in Lansing, Michigan. Man, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. It's so funny, but you know, to think about all the stuff that you just talked about, you know, getting the little karaoke machine and putting the mic up to the, you know, keyboard yep. and, and, you know, but all of those things, you know, not knowing you were really figuring out how to do this stuff. You know, I mean, it was really teaching you, you was really learning. Yeah. And, um, Oh, wait, you know, thank, wait, I got to tell yeah. you, What's up? When we the, for the microphone, we uh, needed some bass. So what did we do? That organ, you know, it has those pedals on the floor. We yeah. would stomp on or hit the pedals with our <laughs> with our hands in order to get the, you know, to get the bass notes and that low hum because everybody was trying to you know come with the bass wow. rolling down the streets in the in the in their car. So that's how right. we got the bass. I'm sorry, that just popped in my nah, mind instead of getting the microphone. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. It, you know that really. You know, not only were you learning how to put music together and stuff, but but just that creative process, you know, having having to think through how how do I, you know, I don't have this. So how do I get this? You know, how do how do I do it? You know, mm -hmm. it, it's funny. It, it's similar to my story. I, I mean, I didn't go to Japan and stuff like that, but it's similar to my story. You know, I remember all the way back. Uh, of course, me too, you know, started out with the rapping thing. <laughs> started out yep. rapping and all that stuff but what we used to do is uh you know all i had was the tape deck you know two-sided tape deck you know uh -huh. and so uh you know like if there was an instrumental or something we would 
you know, you could play it on one side and record on the other side, you know? Okay. So we would, uh-huh. we would play and we would just use the mic that was, you know, usually there was a mic on the front of the jam box, you know, like a little, <laughs> like a uh-huh. little mic. And so we would just play it and uh, hit record on the other side, put a tape on the other side and hit record and then get right up on the jam box, you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and sing or rap or, or do whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and then, and then if we wanted to add like ad libs and stuff, then we would take what we just recorded, put it in the other side. Yeah. <laughs> just flip them back and, and record it, you know, and play it and record it and do an ad lib or something. But that's uh-huh. how we, that's how we started doing it, you know? And then we went from there to, like you said, you know, finding somebody who had a studio or, you know, something like that. But, you know, eventually what happened is those worlds kind of clash with, you know, who you are. You know what I mean? Like if you're, it if you're a Christian, yeah. if you're a Christian, you know, it, 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 it'll clash eventually. And that's what kind of happened to, to, to me. But yeah, man. All, but the whole process is a learning process, you know? Yeah. Well, we're all learning it from different places. Um, and the way I originally learned was, was a, a, a couple of things. Being at uh, Southwestern Christian College, uh, Barry Graham uh, oh, yeah. had that that studio, and he built something really special, you know, over yeah. there at the school. And just the opportunity to go in there and start to record—that was the first time I recorded in in Pro Tools and just getting that familiarity uh, with right. the program. That was Pro Tools four, and yeah. so uh, you know we're in, we're up in the you know past the tens <laughs> at this point, but right. back at back then. Um, yeah, so I was coming from doing things on tapes to, oh, we can record uh, digitally. But also there was a, a book called, um, was it Producing in the Home Studio, written by David mm-hmm. Franz. And I remember I got that book at Guitar Center, and I mm-hmm. literally went through and read everything and did everything, tried everything. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually went out to Nashville to get uh, you know Pro Tools certified. Uh, but I was, mm-hmm. you know, but just recording, and if you just... You know, there's a lot of different things that are available. And of course, later, I can't remember. I think at that point, had I worked at Formation, I, I think I had. I, think I may have worked at Funimation, but, you know, when when that was an experience in itself, doing the, uh, you know, working with anime and uh, doing ADR, you know, being an ADR engineer, learning stuff there, too, because this that was it was some of the things that I was. I was doing those things and the, the shortcut keys and all these things. But when I got in that environment, the speed was very different. And uh, I remember when I first started there, you know, I was telling my wife how I was going to, you know, I felt confident, you know, I felt yeah. confident. And so I was just playing around. And I was just like, I was telling her, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go in there and show up and show out. And all <laughs> I did was show up and shut up because I went in there. And literally, they were doing recordings, and all, all I heard was this. I remember uh, this guy named Jason Grundy. I remember, I think he was the first studio I went into to see somebody actually recording. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's an engineer, there's a director, and there's the actor in the booth. And after each recording, what you have to do is edit that file. You have to chop the start, the end, and uh, stretch it, move it, make it match the mouth that's on the screen. And you've got about three seconds. Wow. Three to five second ops. And so he would stop the recording. Somebody's just done, you know, a line or two lines. And then you just hear him do this. Mm. That last click was the playback. I was just like, 
there's no way. Are they playing a joke on me? I was like, where's Ashton? You know, it felt like it was, uh, you know, I was getting pranked. I was like, this can't right. be real. I went right. to another studio because they had, a, you know, a couple of different rooms. So they're taking me around so I can learn. And uh, same thing. Another guy was, you know, same thing. It was like. And in that time, like I said, they edited that file, edited those those words that were being spoken and matched it to the mouth and hit playback because you don't want, you know, like right. in the the, but yeah, yeah. the Kung Fu movies that I used to grow up with and the, you know, there'd be the talking and it would always be off. You can't have that. Right. You can't have right. that. You know, if you're watching right. uh, anime, if it's going to, if you're going to consider it high quality. But so I learned about the the speed and the techniques from, from, uh, from him just watching and, uh, and observing. And it just, t- it takes time too. Right. But then from the other guy, when I went into the next studio and uh, his name was Peter and I went in and he had the speed, but he had a different skill. Uh, and he was showing me something different, which was cleaning up the audio. So not only, and I think I missed that the other guy might've been doing this too, but right. if there was like a click or a pop or some spit in the mouth, he would be cleaning that out too. So if he hears mm. like a little sound yeah. in the voice as somebody speaking, he was showing me how to clean that out. And I was just like, I didn't even know, you know, this was even a right. thing. Right. Um, so I started right. listening back to my recordings of songs that I had done. I was just like, <laughs> I, I have a lot of garbage and I did, you know, I, you know, right. you just, you can, so you get different, different things from different people. And then you come back to your own process and try to right. refine it. And so that's, right. it's, it's always humbling. It's, you, you've never, you've never mastered it ever. Right, right, right. Man, that's, that's, that's awesome. And I was going to ask you about, uh, it's called Funimation, right? Yeah. That they yeah. did Dragon, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. yeah. Dragon yeah. Ball Z. Yeah. It was like yeah. that. And One Piece. Yeah. 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 I was going to, I was going to ask you about that, but you, you, you pretty much went into it for me. So I want to back up just a little bit. Your Southwestern experience. Can you can you speak a little bit about that? I know Brother okay. Graham was the first. Uh, like I said, he was the first guy to introduce me to Pro Tools as well. You know, and, and I don't know if people really realize, how, you know, just yep. how many lives Brother Graham touched and how much he's influenced kids all over this world. But um, man, he was the first guy and he would take out the time, you know, he'd be mm-hmm. like, man, just, he said, Clifton, just give me a call like that. You know? And I was like, okay. You know, and I didn't even go to Southwestern. I was there, <laughs> quite a bit, but I didn't go to Southwestern and uh, he would allow uh-huh. me to call him and just pick his brain on stuff, you know? And he was the first guy who introduced me to, to pro tools, you know? So t- tell me a little bit about your experience with, with uh, him and, and, and Southwestern. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, yeah, again, the, that was my first introduction to pro tools. And he gave me my first opportunity to, well, no, the, the first thing was he asked me if, if I would help him. I'm just uh, help him record. And really helping him record is from giving me an opportunity to right. learn, you know, to learn something cool and be part of the process. So, you know, we can put quotation marks on help. Uh, I'm not helping him. He's helping me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get that straight. And so I go, and this is at... Uh, this is at Cedar Crest. And, mm. uh, and I was setting, and he, he, uh, he let me set up the microphones for the recording because he was doing a, a live recording. And so wow. this is going to be the album that was going to be for Southwest. And so I'm setting up the mic. So I'm using my best judgment about where to set these mics. And I think, we, yeah, we had two, two mics and we were going to place them. 
Mm-hmm. And I had to find the right position and try to predict where they're going to be, you know, where they're going to be standing or moving or how are things going to go? What should the height be? So I had to think about that. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I was part of that recording. So that and, you know, just coming back and watching him record. And I think he was doing the main live recording, but I think I'd set up the microphones. Right. Uh, not even knowing that one of the people that uh, got recorded that day, and I think I helped on some of the, I helped on some of the mixing. Um, I can't remember, but I know I set up the microphones, but I right. remember, um, somebody that did one of the solos, um, was a young lady that was a Southwestern student. Then I didn't know she was going to end up being my sister-in-law. <laughs> so, <laughs> Melody right, Bailey was right. one of the people that was, uh, recording wow. that day or sang one of the solos that day. But then wow. after that, um, he allowed me another opportunity to record. I think this was down in Austin and, I took, you know, took the equipment down there and recorded, did a, a live recording then. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it was, I think it was just me. I think I, yeah, I think I took the equipment and I can't remember all the details, but set it up. So it's like, like everything, you know, builds kind of like right. some things in life, you know, first I'm doing, you know, first you're mopping the floors, then you might, you might get to the right. fries. You might get <laughs> right. to the fries. And so right. just moving on up. And so it's the microphones, and now I'm doing the recording, and then doing the mixing as well. And so that was that's all, Brother Graham. That mm, was those yeah. were opportunities from Brother Graham to to do the yeah. recording, which lead to other things. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting when you it's just a lesson too when you give your your time and 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 you give of yourself to other people. Those things spread out and become different things. Because if I hadn't started recording that album with him, of course, maybe I would have never done that. Because it was right. that setting up the mics, which was led to recording in Austin. Speaking of like re- chorus, choral recordings, which then was me recording, uh, mixing an album for uh, Mountain View Church, uh, right, right. a live album, and then two studio, I think two studio albums after that, or one after that. Um, but it just led to these different things that ended up, I think, you know helpful for the well helpful for the for the kingdom and spreading the word of god so i won't say i right. think i know right uh you know these things were were things that were you know became power you know powerful in in people's lives in terms right. of music and its power to uh, not only inspire but teach and inform and um so they, they become kingdom things they they right. and from from the start those things always were right right so yeah so that's that's brother graham's uh yeah influence yeah yeah man i that's i i just i just think that's awesome man um you know and that's definitely a lesson you know um sharing you know what you what you know and you know i think that the thing about brother Graham that i really loved about him too is that man you know he all the times i called him man he never charged me (laughs) at all Uh you know i mean he never like was like hey look you know, he never, he never, he never put me on the, on the charge, you know, and <laughs> just, just sharing and giving. I mean, that's just a testament of, of him and his Christianity, but I, I really, uh, you know, got to tip my hat off to him because we're, I mean, basically we are products of, of what he pretty much built, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I mean, he, he really shared with us, you know, and so that's, that's, that's awesome. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, the group, uh, the firemen, when did that come, you know, into, into play? I saw a picture on the internet. I was like, wow, look at the young Justin. <laughs> yeah. I probably had the, I don't know if I had the smooth face then. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it was know, a there was a beard at that face. time. 
but that was with, um, so I was at Harding University. And so I was okay. singing, uh, me and Marcus Thomas were singing in a group, uh, the, the school group. And uh, the Harding, what were we called the Harding Singers? Uh, there were two, two school groups. And uh, we were singing with uh, that group. And then I can't remember exactly how it came about, but the opportunity to, to sing with the firemen came about. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if somebody, I can't remember, I can't remember how it came about. But I just remember we got to join the group and they, have, they were part of the, the acapella. Um, so, they, so the firemen was a group that started before. So I was in a, a part of the start. But me okay. and Marcus were singing in two groups now. So we were, we were singing with the Harding Singers and then also singing with, uh, with the firemen. And that was a really cool experience because um, we got to go around and uh, minister to the youth. My, my mission was, you know, was to minister to the youth. That's what God gave me. And so that's what I've been trying to do in the different right, right. areas of my life for all these years since I was 19. Because that's when I uh, was baptized when I was 19. And that's what I've been trying to figure out how to do. And which is why, you know, I've been in, in education also the last few years, uh, just trying to minister to the youth and give, give what I've got to give. Um, but yeah, that experience was, you know, it was helpful to see how, you know, you can come together. You, you get so many things when you sing with the group, you right. know, just, you got to practice, you have to practice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to fine tune, you have to harmonize. Sometimes you're doing a solo, sometimes you're doing bass, sometimes you're singing, you know, three part harmony. You're, you're either tenor or alto, uh, right. or soprano, or, you know, so they're the dynamics of the singing, but they're also the social dynamics that come into play. And I think that was just a, a, a great experience to sing, um, to sing with those guys um, and just hear some really cool songs. And uh, Rick Castleman um, wrote a song and uh, I, can't, I can't remember the official name of the song, but it's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Wow. And it's called, one of the lines is, listen to the sound of the rain. And mm. I listened to that song over and over and over again. I told him it's one of the best songs I've ever heard. I love that song. <laughs> um, so, but it's, it's a really cool song, but just getting to, to, to minister and use music in a, in a positive way, as opposed right. to, uh, as to, as opposed to going back to the, you know, back to the rapping again, that was right. more for me. And that's right. more for, right. uh, trying to get the things that I saw other people getting and trying to do the things that they're doing in order to get the things that they're getting. But right. realizing not only do I not want to talk about those things, I also don't want the other things that come with that. Exactly. And and also I want to make it not about not about me. So when you start to sing for for God, you realize, you know, this is about this isn't about you. And my time here on earth isn't that isn't that long anyway. So how can I exactly. use music? How can I use sound? How can I use harmony? How can I use this thing in order to uh, benefit someone else, How, in order to benefit the, the, the world around me, in order to help people, in order to minister to somebody who's struggling, who's coming out of some stuff, somebody who's dealing with depression, somebody who's, um, you know, looking looking for things and looking for love in all the wrong places, but just trying to point right. them to God. And right. how can these things how can these things happen? But just getting that opportunity to sing with the with the firemen. It, it it gave me it gave that that opportunity um right to make it about others right 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 yeah that's 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 wonderful man so let me let me ask you this and and you know just just a couple more questions i have for you your process first of all what's your setup now what are you working with i've 
I haven't updated. <laughs> Is that you're not, right? You're not going to hear uh, some uh, <laughs> an updated setup. Uh, but in terms of what I have, so I, I've got, you know, just Pro Tools uh, on an iMac. It's not the latest. It's not the latest right. iMac. Um, <laughs> I'm at, four, you know, 4824. Um, <laughs> but again, I just got a, a you know, a, maybe two and I just go for, I try to get out whatever I have in my mind. So it's just, yeah, Mac, um, using, using Pro Tools. So I'm recording into Pro Tools. And um, what, what, yeah. what are Actually, those two mics that you have? I don't even know. It's a... Uh, I know you got the baby AK, bottle, so I know that. Got the baby bottle and an and a AK, AKG. Um, is it AK? Listen. It's a, <laughs> as you can tell, I don't even I, I don't even know the model number. Of it. It's the the C something. Uh, I'd have to go. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yes, the AKG C. Anyways, I just realized I got it right here because uh, I had just brought it back inside. Um, oh, but my. but as you can tell, that's not even my. I don't even focus focus on it right. too much. Once I get a good sound, I uh, I'm more so in the in the techniques of. Of how I re- how I record, right? And uh, right. I guess that's really still what my focus the, is. Uh, DGO three, yes, yep. Wow. I didn't change that. I didn't change that. Now I've been recorded different places and you know used different different things, but it's still working <laughs> just like before. <laughs> so I haven't Man, changed awesome. it. So that's awesome. Um, you know, that's what I like about you, though. Too, you know, you, uh, you know, you are a person who, you know, you don't go with uh i guess the crowd just because everybody is getting certain things you know you like hey this is working for me and i and i and i remember you telling me that you was like hey man if it works for you then that's you you didn't use that you know you don't have to go and buy this or buy that use what you have and so man that's 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 awesome that's awesome you know i i I, i'm not i'm not surprised i guess (laughs) (laughs) no i think i had that um what i have the uh yeah, the 003, and then I had the uh, the inbox and the inbox two. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I gave the inbox two away because uh, <laughs> uh, somebody else was uh, was recording, and so right. okay, this you know, um, right. and I had something I was recording with, but it. Um, so yeah, if you got something that, that that's working, but also be op- be be open. If you if if uh, if I get ten million dollars tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe I get something else, but it's not something that's popped up to the top of my mind. Like I, this, I need to replace this if right. I'm going to record a song. So, man, I do want to know your, you know, your process, and you know, how do you switch those hats? You know, that could be difficult. You know, um, I always find myself, and what I've noticed about myself that I have to really <laughs> hone in is that I, I start liking a song that I'm writing and and singing and. I'm adding all the parts and it's sounding good. And then I want to go right into mixing it. <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, Oh man, you know, I, I, I want to see how this sounds. So, you know, um, I have to really make myself, you know, wear the, the artist hat for a while, you know? Okay. And so, and so what I've, what I've been trying to do is uh, just record, don't mix, don't do anything like, just record the the song and record the whole song, you know, get, get through it and then get step away from it. Maybe come back a day or two 
and put on my mixing hat and mix. But I have to like really separate it because it's hard. Okay, it's hard for me. You know, it's hard for me to go in and record it and then mix it the same day and do everything. You know, all the same day is is difficult for me. But how how is your process? Okay, well that's funny you say that because mine is the reverse. I spend too much time on the creation, and um, <laughs> and then the the mix was the thing. So when I recorded uh, my my first album, acapella album, I spent all this time and I was recording, recording, creating, throwing some stuff away, uh, getting rid of or not using this song, and I was all into it. And then, you know, if I updated on somebody on how the process was going. And I was getting toward the, the end of, of creating and they said, how's it going? And I said, uh, yeah, I'm on the, the last song. Uh, so I've recorded all my songs and, you know, this is all acapella. So mm-hmm. and I, I said what was the most silly thing I've ever said. I said, yeah, I'm on the, the last song now. I just got to uh, all I got to do is just mix it right quick. <laughs> mix it right quick. Well, they don't go together. <laughs> it did. I had no idea. I'm just, this is just, I had no idea that it was a completely different discipline. <laughs> All, right, right, right. So I'm thinking recording, I'm thinking I've done the main part, but that was not, wasn't it. There's a whole, there's a different, just like there's the recording, recording and editing are uh, their right. brother and sister. And right. then... Its own mixing is its own thing, and mastering is its own thing. And right. going back to the mixing, I didn't know that I was starting a brand new journey with the mixing. And so, what I had mm-hmm. to do was this here's how I solved for that. So, when I set up my sessions, what I'll do is kind of have some premixes going. So, I can mm-hmm. kind of get the sound that I'm going for from the beginning. And as I'm recording, it's uh, I'm recording like I want it to be in the end mix. So I'll set up some auxes and I'll set up, uh, you know, I'll yes. route my tracks to to some aux channels and uh, yes. have it pre-mixed and already sounding close to what I want it like, but not, right. but also not limiting it to the creativity that comes in the mixing process as well, because I may want to do some things that are outside of the boundaries. So just some general parameters uh, right, right. for that. So what I'll do is just, yeah. So, so with that in mind and me knowing that I said that ridiculous thing of a uh, mix right quick. Um, so I started setting up my sessions in a way that would allow me to mix as I'm going or basically have it partially mixed already. So I started, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so when I'm coming in, you know, coming in from my mic, I'm going in through an aux track. And yes. on that aux is where I'm already chopping off some frequencies. So I'm already doing a high pass filter to get rid of lows. And if, uh, you know, just doing the adjustments there. So if I'm recording a a solo where I'm in a a tenor, tenor alto range uh, Mm -hmm. or anything above bass, um, I might be going, doing a high pass filter at a hundred, depending on what voice it is or who's singing or if it's me or if I already know how I want this, I already know how I want this to sound. I might even chop off at 140. Uh, So I'm setting that up or if I'm doing bass, I might need to uh, coordinate things, wake up in the morning. So I got that good bass. And, yeah. uh, you know, I might be at, I might set it at 75. So I have to be mindful of these things because I'm basically mixing as I go in a sense. So I'll just be, you know, get, getting rid of those frequencies I'm not going to use in the mix that are, you mm. know, below what I, I know what I'm going to want. And, uh, 
and then doing some slight compression right there uh, yeah. on the aux before I even hit my recording track, before I even hit my audio track, just, you know, yeah. doing some chop, chopping and doing some, some slight compression, not making hard decisions, but just some slight compression just to make everything blend more. So as I'm recording, it's already starting to blend. I'm not having those issues while I'm recording like, ah, man, this is out of whack and I need to do something about this and jump into mixing before I'm ready. I want to stay right. in the creative process. So that helps me stay in the creative process uh, by doing things like that. Um, man, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, to be honest with you, um, <laughs> you, you're the first person that I that I got that from. And that's the way I record as well. So I guess I'm actually recording like you and not even really realizing it. You know, I'm thinking I'm just recording, but but you're right. Um, that is true because I, I I use an ox as well. I mean, I remember you sharing that with me years ago. And I've always recorded like that. Um, <clears throat> but do you EQ your room? Do you? Uh, and what I mean by that is, do you find problem frequencies and notch those out on your aux track before hitting your track, But you know, during your recordings? I've done that one time. And I will okay. be honest with you. That was one of my best recordings. I've never did it again. <laughs> and I, and, and you know, because I'm afraid to, because, you know, as, as you know, you know as well that, when you're doing stuff like that, when you're going in, you can't get that stuff out afterwards. You know, if you overcompress, right? That's that's just the way it is. Exactly. You know, once it hits the track, yep. Or if you EQ it a certain way, and then you listen back and you really don't like that EQ or what it sounds, I mean, you're gonna have to re-record it and go back and adjust. So, you know, how do you how do you work that? You know what I mean? No, that's a good question because yeah, I had it's it's a it's a decision because you can start to notch some things out like yeah, I know um, I'm not gonna because you can look back at previous mixes that you've done and if you notice your uh, that you have patterns of mixing, that means you have patterns of sounds that are happening in that space that you're in. Um, mm -hmm. But I went more for a, a general. This is because sometimes I'll record I'll record in different places, and right. so some I've recorded in an album in a church. In, in a room in the hallway down at the church, recorded in an auditorium, you know, in the uh, in the main area, uh, sanctuary area, um, and uh, with a live recording, and um, you know, in a in a bedroom, in a in the dining room, and, you know, you could record it in a studio, and so right. with all those different rooms, it would be there's different sounds. So what it comes back down to what's what's the thing, the one thing you can apply to all of those. And so that's why uh, doing that high pass and the, the bit of compression have been the consistent things that can be done in any space. Um, and leaves, leaves, leaves me that freedom to do something afterward. Um, Cause I, yeah. So yeah, you can, and it, it can work. <laughs> and it can work as it but everything basically has to be the same you have to be in the same the same place which will work then especially if you're in a yeah if you're in a consistent setup then that works right. you know you know right. your microphone you know your room um right well but and and if it ha and if it's you singing if all those mm -hmm. factors are the same and the end mix if you kind of know what you what you're aiming for and you know all of that then yeah it works um right but other, but otherwise, yeah. If some, if it's a different voice, I've recorded, I've recorded some people, and I've, it's it's confusing mm. <laughs> because <laughs> because you know you can get used to 
recording voice and you know your frequencies. And then every now and then you get, get somebody's voice that's different and you're just like, oh, wait. Okay, yeah, let me not make too many uh, hard decisions about frequencies because, oh, their voice is sitting over here. My voice sits in this range. Their voice sits right. over here. So right. how can I... So I guess that that I think that kind of goes into it. How can I, yeah, do something that's that'll account for everybody, and uh, right. and even basic people who have that that lower resonance in their in their voice, yeah, um, way more than me. Um, you have to make sure you you know account for that, and so that's I right. guess that's just part of the process. Um, so yeah, so both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got you. I got you. Both depending. I got yeah. you. So um, now. Do you use a six to one ratio, four to one ratio when you compress going in, and mm-hmm. and and then how much do you usually uh, set your threshold at? I do a uh, I do a six to one, and in terms of the threshold, there's a couple of factors in here. Because I okay, when I first started recording, I'm thinking, let me uh, let me max this out. Let me get, you know, let me get all the little quality, you know, out of it and let me max it out. And so I was trying to get all the way to the top. And um, there's a problem with that. Yeah. Um, McDonald's got sued over that when the coffee spilled over the top. <laughs> all right. And, you right, know, right, right. And if you ever get burned, it's, it's red. Right. Right. So, right. I was recording and I would be peeking out. And of course, you know, that it'll turn red at the top. And so it would be in the middle of like this, you, the tape that you've been waiting for. And you peeked out because I was trying to maximize that. And so I was like, okay, um, this, is, this is not to be done. And <laughs> all of my mixes, all of my faders were dragged, you know, basically all the way down just in order to try to get a mix. And so it it's just became more difficult. But then I can't remember... Uh, how this came or where I learned this or where I saw this, but somebody suggested um, recording to the, to the middle, to the middle. And so I was still getting, uh, still getting good, good quality, but it also left me some, some room. And so my threshold or where I'd start, where it starts compressing is usually at around, uh, oh, negative 20, actually negative 20. And what that does is putting my meter somewhere in the middle. It's giving me room to play. I'm not going to peek out, but I'm not so low that it's, uh, you know, that the quality, that the quality is compromised. Uh, right, but I'm, right. I'm right there in, in the middle. But again, and I, I might compress, if I'm singing backgrounds, um, maybe th- two, to, two to four, sometimes five, two to five. Uh, reducing it by two to five decibels, um, depending on the style of the song, depending on what it is. But I don't want to compress it too much. If I need to do a second round of compression, I'll usually do that. If I'm bussing all the backgrounds out to an aux, I'll do some additional compression there. Um, right. And that's usually how I do it. But I want some compression on there. Um, so, yeah, six six to one, about two to two to five dB, and uh, yeah, making sure it doesn't peak out. No no spilled coffee. No, no red. Right, right, right. Good quality. Yeah. Well, you know what? This this just popped in my head uh, while you were talking. So how do you how do you keep your you know acapella music is different and and some mm-hmm. people you know they record it differently. Um, yeah. Some people use an actual instrumental track. You know they record on top of it and then they'll you know record all their harmonies and the oohs and ahs and all that stuff and then they'll take that track out. Mm-hmm. 
And then some of them do um, like uh, I, I think you do. I know I do. Um, we'll we'll put in, you know, different percussion sounds and stuff like that, actually human tracks mm-hmm. and then uh, and, and record to that. Um, mm-hmm. How do you keep the excitement? I guess, you know, some people use the instrumental track because it it gives them that excitement and, you know, that feel, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. Yeah. Um, how do how do you do that? And then what do you start with usually? Do you start with your bass to keep that feel? Do you start, you know, how do you how do you go about doing that? Okay. Well, there's okay. If you if somebody starts playing a guitar, you you take a uh you go to a, a Dallas Cowboys game and you play a song where the main sound is it in it is a guitar and that's mo- going to move one person. They're going to be like that's mm. that's the feel. For some others, you start playing some some drums with some some nice punch to it. And that makes them feel, that gives them feel. And so it's different for every person. So whether you're starting with, uh, if you like to make, you know, you know, in- instrumental tracks, if you will, and, uh, and that's, that gives you that feel, okay. Or if you like to start with uh, percussion, uh, vocal percussion, okay. It's whatever, it's whatever gives you that feel. And that's really why, how I uh, put that in my mind. What's going to give that feel, um, because you also don't want things to be um, sterile. And here's what I mean right, by that. Right, right. And so I'll get into um, kind of how I set up a session. If um, at first I was doing a click track and so it was giving mm-hmm. my, giving me the tip. Well, actually, no, go before that. No click track because I'm coming from not using a click track and doing a four track machine. And so I'm just singing because, so, you know, maybe I don't want to be limited, limited and, feeling restricted by a tempo. So let me just sing freestyle. But then you're going to hit the issue of what if you want to take this whole course and you want to repeat that? Now you've got issues and uh, you can't quickly check, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to sing that, that, that that whole song. Anyways, it's its own problem. So I found it better to use a click track. So I was like, okay, if I use a click track, that'll not only keep my tempo because tempo is important because, um, and, you know, and creative people, I think, never want to be limited by anything. So even that click right, track right, felt right. like, ooh, something's, you know, something's caging yeah. me in. But it was actually right. helping me stay on tempo because a song has a feel and a, a certain song, there is like a certain tempo, tempo range that feels better than another. Right. So, you know, because right, you right. obviously can't take a song that's a, a, a foot patter, if you will, where you're tapping your foot. And if you slow it down, uh, 10 beats, it doesn't even feel like the same song or 20. <laughs> so it's important. It's important right, exactly, because people exactly. want, because you want to be, have people with you. So if right. they're bobbing their head and they're like this, and then you speed up and that's, and then they're like this, that's, that's a different feel. You're, you're making it to where they can't stay with you. Why do right. that? Right. So click track. Here's what happened with the click track. Um, the song that I was creating started sounding sterile. They didn't have a feel the field, a certain feel wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, why did the field, why, what's, what's going on here? So I went from freestyle to let me do it with the click track, but then that got too sterile. Then I realized I actually need to, in order to get the feel while I'm recording. So my feel for me was doing my percussion first. Uh, mm-hmm. So I might just hit record and just, you know, so I'll get yeah, something, yeah. I'll record that. And I'll figure out what felt right. So if that felt right, okay, good. Let me take that, 
find where it started, find where it stopped, find out what was the tempo of that that felt good, right. and then set my tempo, the tempo of my session to that, and then go in and edit out those individual sounds and place them on the grid. And now that is my click track, but it has the feel that I want because all those little different sounds at the different times, it I would sing different to it. And people, when I record right. other people, they sing different, and even though it's the same tempo, but something about those rhythms changing, it, it sets you in a pocket. It, it gets, gets you in a certain place. And that stuff is important. Um, mm -hmm. I even found that uh, there's some parallels here, even with making bread, because uh, I started do I make I started making sourdough bread. I'm just gonna tell okay. you. So, uh, <laughs> so it took me three Boy, years. The things the pandemic does to us. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so bread. Well, I'd done that before, but uh, but it but when the pandemic came, I said when everybody was going out and getting all the other foods, I was just like, I know I need flour because I can make bread. <laughs> And uh, you can make pizza, bread loaves, all sorts oh of things uh, if you just have flour. But in the process of making bread, I was doing sourdough bread, which is different because you actually have to feed the yeast and it's a process. You have to care for it. Kind of like a uh -huh. song. You've got you've got to have attention to these different pieces that are going into your mix. And so right. when I'm making some putting together some dough, certain things have to be fed a certain way. And even with getting to uh bread be the last stage before you put it into the oven um you can get like a basket and what you can do is kind of you set the shape of it and as it's mm -hmm. sitting in there the shape uh, and i've got like a, a banneton and it a banneton and it puts like little lines around it but when mm -hmm. it comes out of that it the shape is kind of set and so it's still free to expand but there's some type of form to it it, it has right. a certain type of form, and the same way when I'm setting up a setting up a song, if I do that that percussion and if I set it up that way, I've set it up to not only be on the tempo so that people can stay with it and bob their head or whatever they do to it, but it's also um, it's it's just giving that it's giving that feel so it's set in. So I still got freedom, just like right. that bread has freedom to exp expand, just like you want it to. There's still freedom in that song. But um, but I've uh, accomplished some things before the song even really started. So I'll start with that percussion. If um, and sometimes I might start with well, that's after I have a melody. So if I have a melody, sometimes I'll sing that, figure out what my tempo is, and and then do my percussion. But mm -hmm. if I'm just starting from scratch, I don't have anything, and I might just start beatboxing and find something I like, and that might you know that might inspire a, you know something else, and just you know just let it roll. Right, right, man. That's. That's awesome. And, you know, that really helps me, too, because I, I know uh, that was a song that I just did. And uh, I, I did that. What you just said, I, I started with my percussion. I kind of beatboxed mm -hmm. to it. And then I took those separate little spots, you know, the the, the click and, the, the you know, the beat, all that. And I separated them and put them to a grid. Uh -huh. But it's but you're right. That feeling was there. The same feeling that I had when I was beatboxing it, when I put it to the grid and duplicated it out, it it still had that same feel. Yep. And so I was able to sing that song differently than, uh, than I was. And, and, uh, those, those percussions, I save them all in the folder. <laughs> so yeah. that way, if I just need to pull them back up, you know, and I think you taught me that too. So yeah, I do that there's, too, a yeah. stuff, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff, man, that you showed me that I still, I mean, I mean, I forgot, but it's been, 
I mean, I know it was probably over 10 years ago that you showed me that. And I've, I've been doing that ever since. So, man, that's awesome. That's okay. awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, man, look, I, I, I really appreciate your time, man. Um, like I said, tell people if, if they want, you know, to get anything as far as music, if you have anything out there or anything like that, that they can go and download or hear or anything like that. Uh, well, okay. You're going to get it. Uh, I don't know. You're going to get a different response, perhaps, than what you expected. <laughs> okay, no problem. No problem. No problem. Uh, because I view music as a uh, music is a uh, is a tool. It's a it's it's a it's a pathway uh, to another thing. And so I've always mm-hmm. um, seen music in that way. Sometimes at different times when I was younger, it was a it was a way to express my emotions. And then at right. a later time, it's a, a way to share Christ. And right. the, the way I'm using music in this next chapter, I just started um, a website that I'm about to uh, release and okay. it's called J, J Houston, J Houston Speaks. And so my website okay. is, is, it's not built yet. I don't know when you're putting this out, but it should be done. Right. Okay. <laughs> but Yo, it's called man, J, Houston probably done by then. Uh-huh. J Houston Speaks.com. And I'm mentioning that because I'm teaching Spanish. Uh, because okay. I'm a Spanish teacher right now. I've taught Spanish for for a few years, you know. So I went nice. learned Japanese, and Japanese helped with Spanish. But mm-hmm. I started doing songs in order to teach Spanish, and so nice. it's employing music toward that. And so that's that's the thing that I'm doing right now with with uh, music is using it to teach Spanish. Man, I love that. I love that, man. That is awesome, man. Well, hey, by the time that this comes out, hopefully. Uh, that will be out and people can go and, uh, you know, check that out if they want to learn how to speak Spanish. I, I think that's cool, though. I, I think that's awesome, man. Um, again, that just goes back to your 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 servant mindset, you know, and being able to serve others. And I believe that when you do that, when you really give of yourself and and and, and share with your talents, man, God always takes care of you. He always you know, looks out for you because he knows that you, you're being a servant. So I, I think that's awesome, man. Keep doing that. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I don't have to tell you, but I just want to encourage you <laughs> no, to I keep doing it. what you're doing, man. Keep doing what you're doing. But again, yeah, man, just too. thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm trying, man. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. No, I appreciate you doing this because I think you're going to help a lot of people um, who are looking for the same things that you were looking for uh, and you having taken the time and the time and the year, the time and the years and the 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 focus to be able to give somebody uh, something and and what you're offering is is uh, it's going to be a, a blessing uh, to a lot of different people and and those those branches will 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 spread out for many decades to come from you doing this uh, these types of things that you're doing right now and so thank, uh, thank you, man. you man I appreciate it I definitely appreciate that again. Um, when this comes out, head over to justinspeaks.com. Oh, Jay Houston uh, Speaks. Jay Houston. Yep. I'm sorry. Jay Houston Jay Houstonspeaks.com. Yep. Hopefully that'll be out by then. Um, definitely run over to teachmeacapella.com. Check out the mixing tutorials. Some of the things that we've talked about uh, today on this podcast will actually be uh, tutorials, hopefully in the future on teachmeacapella.com. So uh, if you want to learn, um, then it's going to be out there for you. Again, hey, Justin, man, love you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate love you. Love you, too.